Welcome to Dr. C's Tidbits Podcast, where Dr. C will provide pearls of wisdom on a variety of topics, from health concerns to finances to relationships and on controversial subjects, including racism, societal ills, women's rights, and many more life-impacting topics. Good day, everyone. This is yours truly, Dr. C. Welcome to episode seven of season one of Dr. C's Tidbits. Today, I want to share with you on the topic of self-care. Let's begin by clearing up one common misconception from the start. Self-care is not synonymous with self-indulgence or being selfish. Self-care simply means taking care of yourself so you can be healthy, you can be well, you can do your job, you can help and care for others, and you can do all the things you need and want to accomplish in a given day. Therefore, self-care can be viewed as self-love. The World Health Organization defines self-care as the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health, and cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a health worker. According to this definition, self-care includes everything related to staying physically healthy, including hygiene, nutrition, and seeking medical care when needed. It's all the steps people can take to manage the stressors in their life and take care of their health and well-being. As self-care has become more mainstream, the definitions have started to become more about general well-being and tend to focus on tuning into one's needs and finding ways to meeting those needs. Self-care is anything you do for yourself that feels nourishing. It can be something that is relaxing or calming, or it can be something that is intellectual or spiritual or physical or practical or something you need to get done. Self-care requires checking in with yourself and asking yourself, how you're doing physically, mentally, and emotionally. Some people use it to deal with difficult news stories while others practice self-care just to maintain their happiness day to day. Self-care does not mean the same thing for everyone. Different people will adopt different self-care practices and even your own definition might change over time. What is self-care for one person will likely differ from someone else. And what self-care for you today may not feel like self-care on another day. To find out more about self-care and how different people are taking care of themselves these days, I conducted a few interviews and I had different individuals chime in on a particular healthcare technique that works well for them. Let's hear what they had to say about self-care. Eating mindfully is important in self-care because it fuels our body and can prevent illness. Blueberries, for example, can prevent dementia. So although a lot of people prioritize exercise, our diet is the foundation of what's fueling our body. A way that you can practice self-care through eating mindfully is meal prep. So knowing what your body needs and when it needs it. For example, if you know that you're somebody who needs three full meals a day, then you can at least meal prep your lunches to take to work or to school with you. And then while you're doing meal preps, include at least one healthy item and then slowly over time, build up in baby steps to a full healthy meal that's going to fuel you throughout your day. As you heard, Alora shared a tip about eating mindfully and she mentioned preparing your meals. 
Another tidbit for eating mindfully is being conscious of what you are ingesting, meaning both quantity and types of food. Choose healthy foods in smaller quantities. Studies have shown that eating smaller meals throughout the day can assist with metabolism and lead to a healthy weight. So think about getting your proper serving of fruits and vegetables and watch how much meat you are ingesting, especially red meat, which is hard for our body to process. Now, let's listen to the next bit of advice from Keenan. Hello, my name is Keenan, and today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about disconnecting and how that is one of the methods of self-care. So first and foremost, there is no one approach fits all for disconnecting. What one person thinks of disconnecting is not necessarily going to translate to what another person is considering disconnecting. For example, if you have an individual who spends all their day around computers or sitting around in an office and filing papers and other paperwork such as that, their method of disconnecting is probably going to be similar to something that has no electronics involved, such as taking the time to go outside and go for a walk, disconnecting from your phone, your television, and furthermore. Now, that exactly might not translate to somebody who spends all day outside, for instance, a construction worker or a landscaper who spends the better part of their day outside in the outdoors around rugged terrain. For them, disconnecting is going to be something similar to vegging out on the couch, if you will, putting on Netflix, those things. So as I said in the beginning, one, man's, uh, one person's version of uh, disconnecting is not necessarily going to translate to another person's. Nonetheless, whatever your method of disconnecting is, take advantage of it because this is what you get to enjoy after all the work you put in. Aside from sleeping, the mind doesn't get very much time to disconnect. So it's good to be mindful of that and to practice disconnecting any opportunity you can get. Thank you. Kenan Shear regarding disconnecting. I'd like to add a tidbit to that. Many people today live on social media. So how about disconnecting from social media for a period of time throughout the day? If you and your family have dinner together each night, why not use that time talking to one another instead of each person on his or her device checking social media accounts between bites? It will give your mind a rest from the hoopla of social media while giving you an opportunity to build stronger bonds with your family. Next up, let's hear from Nicholas. Hello, my name is Niklas. Um, I'm an international student from Germany and I'm discussing um, what self-care means, how we can reach a good level of self-care. Um, and I want to present to you one method, um, which is setting boundaries. Let me explain you what this means and why setting boundaries is a way to reach a, um, a good level of self-care. So setting boundary, boundaries means um, to know the, about the people you surround yourself. So sometimes it's normal that people need a pause from life, disconnect from other people, um, to take the time for oneself. Um, and this is why setting boundaries also setting boundaries also means knowing when it's the right moment to 
set these boundaries, where, what are the right places to set these boundaries, um, and who are the persons we are going to set these boundaries, which means um, surround with the people that you think will bring out the best version of yourself, um, and also know when it's the right time. So for example, you know that you should be studying for an exam, Maybe this is the right time to set a boundary, to have time for yourself, to study for the exam, and so that you don't stress out when it's time for the big thing. And yeah. Nick Loss discussed self-care in terms of disconnecting from others. Just to reiterate, he suggested we set boundaries from other people. To put it bluntly, some people can rub you the wrong way. And when people get under your skin, it is best to disconnect from them for a period of time to relieve the anxiety the interaction with them caused. Other times, as Nicholas mentioned, disconnecting gives you space to accomplish the tasks that are on your to-do list. Finally, let's hear from Caleb. Hi, my name is Caleb Calderon, and today I'm discussing self-care in terms of doing something you love. Something I found out that I love is shopping for clothes or just clothes in general. And for me, shopping is kind of therapeutic just because it's a getaway from responsibility and I can just kind of go and look at things I like or buy things I like. And it's like a treat for myself. It's just relaxing because I get to look at things that make me happy. And um, recently I started volunteering at a thrift store called Revivals. So I get to do something I love, looking at clothes and it benefits other people because the sales at that store um, they go to DAP Health, which allows people who can't afford healthcare to have healthcare. So doing something I love has actually turned into something that can help other people as well. I really love this tool of doing something you love. Caleb mentioned shopping as a nice pastime that helps him to alleviate stress. What really does it for me is traveling. I love to travel. However, time and money does not always allow for extravagant travel. So in between my annual seven to eight day trips, I take weekend getaways to local areas that I can drive to. While I'm away, I try to leave work behind as well as meetings via the telephone and Zoom. There are other times though, where I cannot completely escape work, but I do not allow that to stop me from having a momentary getaway. If I must take a phone call, I take it and then go right back to vacationing. For me, doing something I love means knowing how to escape the everyday responsibilities for a bit of rest and relaxation. It works wonders for my physical, mental, and emotional health. Now that you have received tidbits of information regarding self-care, you should be equipped to insert some of these methods into your daily and weekly routine so you can have a healthier you. Take care until the next episode of Dr. C's Tidbits. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Dr. C's Tidbits, a production of CLF Publishing Collaborative. Share this podcast with friends and family, giving others an opportunity to be enlightened. This podcast is available via Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Tune in next week for another episode of Dr. C's Tidbits.